and welcome to On Figure Skating. This is our first episode. I'm Johanna and uh, we're in Sweden. I have a long time um, history with watching and loving and discussing figure skating. I'm also a former dancer, uh, current yoga studio owner. And uh, my first skating memory was uh, watching uh, the uh, Olympics in Albertville in 92 when I was uh, a child. And uh, I remember watching the exhibition gala where Nancy Kerrigan and Paul Weiler did a Paris routine. I wonder if anyone else remembers that. Uh, and I'm here with my uh, partner. Yes, hello. I'm uh, Dia. I'm, a, I'm an artist and I'm a, a new fan of figure skating since I met you, I guess. Yeah, that's how it goes a lot of the time. I think uh, one part of the uh, couple is a rabid figure skating fan and you're watching it a lot, hours on hours, especially during the Grand Prix or championships. And the other person is like, well, you were sort of, hmm, what is this music? And then you sort of slowly got into it a little bit. Sure, I'm interested in most things, I guess. That's true. And do you have a first skating memory? No, not really. Nothing special. Do you remember what sort of made you start wanting to watch it a little bit? Because you would usually sit and draw, as is your want, in the background while I was watching the worlds mm -hmm. or something. Was it like a, a skater or music or something that made you want to watch? Or was it my um, commitment to it? or? Uh, well, I, I I can watch almost any sport that I, that I know the history of, mm -hmm. and uh, since you are my uh, favorite favorite oracle, <laughs> you could give me like uh, small stories about different skaters or yeah. techniques or music music that you loved and music that you detested. Right. Uh, and. Uh, I think sometimes you can be a, a big fan of Japanese skaters. Right, quite. Well, I've always been into Japanese culture and animation. I could see some resemblance. Right, that's true. And one thing that's really good about watching skating um, for someone like me who have been watching it for a long time with a new a newbie um, fan is because is that you bring a fresh eye to the sport and a fresh ear and opinions because you would sometimes ask me questions or something and I would be like hmm that's right why does the sport work this way or why did that person get a higher score or something but maybe from a fresh perspective and so it's interesting it's good for I recommend that to anyone who wants to convert someone into being a figure skating fan force them to watch and you'll get a a uh, more richer experience yourself, I think, a lot of the time. That's the way it's been for me, anyway, watching yeah, it's it for like you. like bringing a child to uh, an art exhibi exhibition. That's true. Fresh pair of eyes. Yeah. You get to see a whole different perspective. Yeah, there's nothing jaded, and they don't know what is expected, so they don't have those uh, preconceived notions. Yes. It's pretty cool. So uh, right now we're looking forward to um, hopefully an autumn season of skating. We were very, uh, I was very disappointed obviously when there was no Worlds this year, as I'm sure many of you were if you're listening to this. Um, but 
Anyway, onwards and upwards, so hopefully there will be a Grand Prix series, as I'm sure most of you know by now, that there will be a different, but some kind of um, season to look forward to. And uh, I was wondering, what do you look forward to most about this upcoming season of figure skating? Well, I'm a, a bit interested of in what's going on in Russia right now with the female skaters. Right, of course. Could yeah. you give us an update? Well, I mean, I, it kind of changes from day to day. <laughs> mm -hmm. But right now when we're uh, just basically, uh, let's just say a lot of them are changing coaches and the situation seems to be very uh, in flux right now. So a lot of things are happening. So possibly that will mean in the long run that maybe some more fundamental things would change maybe I mean I know maybe both of us and many others are hoping for maybe somehow this will lead to longer careers for some of the Russian girls or female skaters in general I mean that would be amazing because we want to follow skaters for a longer time than just one or two seasons and then the new batch of 13 year olds coming up it's or 15 um, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's not the same as following someone throughout their career and their ups and downs and like imagine having a female young skater actually coming back from an injury, for instance, that used to be a thing, but now mm. it's just if they are injured, they're out basically, at least the Russians and then someone who takes over and that's too bad. It's not as interesting as it is to follow skaters for a long time. No, it's heartbreaking to see them retire. It is. 17. Right, yeah. Um, but you kind of have a favorite Russian female skater who is clawing her way back, hopefully, don't you? Medvedeva? Oh, yes, yes. I think her uh, Olympic uh, performance was one of the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Right, yeah, her free skate. Yes. When she barely lost, lost oh out. yeah that was so sad <laughs> <laughs> but um it was very poetic she really gave it her give give it all kind of felt during that free skate as if she knew that the goal that everyone had um, assumed were, was hers for sure for several years she's had sort of felt that shift that maybe i'm not gonna actually win this and because of that, she had this kind of an edge to her and uh, um, an energy. There was some darkness and maybe fear and like a charge to her whole being that was really different from what she had all those times where she just, man, I'm just going to win easily every time. And suddenly when that flipped, it was so much more interesting to watch and yes. I think more interesting to skate, maybe. Well, she, she has a very special charisma also. Yeah. Yeah, so we're looking forward to see what happens with her and all the Russian drama. But she's still with Brian Orser. Uh, yeah, as far as I know. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we'll get some news there. But do you have a, a favorite skater overall, any discipline? You've mostly watched the single skaters, men and female, male and female. Not so much pairs and ice dancing. Yes, and uh, ob obviously Yusuru Hanyu. Yes, of course. Of course. Uh, but I, I could warm up to Nathan Chen every now and then, I guess. <laughs> but right, everything okay. feels so looks so easy to him. That's true. <laughs> and he's so American yeah. in a way. And 
Hanyu is so Japanese. Yeah. You're a little bit more interested in the more artistic than the sort of showmanship or American style. Yes, I guess. Mm. Mm. I guess it depends on what one means with artistry, but I guess we would say that maybe Hanyu has more artistically to offer than any other skater right now. Yeah. Still. And it's, it's kind of that one of those skaters where you think, well, is he really that great? I mean, ha- it's been talked about so much, but then we actually watch him skate and it's just as your heart just fills. It's kind of amazing. Mm. It doesn't get old, which is incredible because that, that energy has to emanate from him somehow. Well, we'll anyway, we are truly looking forward to seeing Hanyu's new programs this season. That's going to be interesting. And also, we have a Swedish uh, shooting star. That's right. And uh, he was just uh, starting out before the the virus situation. Nikolai Mayorov. Yes. And some of you might know, if you haven't seen him yet, uh, his older brother was Alexander Mayorov. I'm sure you remember him. He was usually at Worlds <laughs> and um, at the Olympics as well. When I started watching, he he became really good. He was uh, uh, evolving his last couple of years, I think. Mm. Maybe the last two years. Yeah, I think so. It was really uh, funny to. I th- I think uh, as far as I remember, during his last maybe season, that's Alexander, the older brother. I think they took away his funding from the whatever national skating blah blah however it works and sometimes that kind of lits a fire with an athlete in any mm. sport I think when you just have to kind of or want to prove yourself um, so that was kind of interesting but yeah his little brother is kind of unusual and unique yes very much what did you think about him well he had me at uh, choosing um the uh, Adams family theme, yeah, uh, dressing up at, as a Gomez, I guess, right? The, yeah, the father, right? Yeah, in Adams family, and uh, doing this really good performance uh, with his nosebleed flying all over the eyes. That was, was very dramatic. Very spectacular. <laughs> this was during the European Championships, yeah, two thousand twenty. If you haven't seen it, maybe check it out. <laughs> But yeah, he has kind of an offbeat, kind of a modern feel about him. We haven't seen him since we haven't seen him that much yet. We're interested in what's going to turn out, but very interesting, unique. Uh, his his kind of own take on artistry, I think. It's mm-hmm. very interesting. Let's talk a little bit about the um, artistic experience of skating, because uh, that's obviously a huge part of why are we drawn to it? Mm-hmm. And one of those aspects is, of course, the music that the skaters choose. And I was wondering about, like, from a new fan's perspective, like how you, I mean, the music selection is just wildly, it's just, it could be anything. And it's, you know, you sw- shift from one person's program and they have like a, cheesy pop song or something and then some amazing you know classical Chopin comes on from the, and it's just like this and then Phantom of the Opera for the uh, 10th time that night comes on and it's just all over the place mm-hmm. what is your experience of all this different music and what what do you think is uh, a good choice or one that you respond to as uh, as watching it 
Yeah, I I would prefer classical music. And you mentioned Chopin. That's my favorite composer, I guess. Yeah. Um, but don't you think if everyone had it, it would get old? Probably. But uh, I, w I would uh, like to see it with a live orchestra. Yes. Uh, like in the stadium? Yes. Live orchestra, right. Yes. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, well, it feels... Uh, um, it has a sense of... Uh, like you go to the place with your own disc. Yeah. Kind of. Little amateur night. Yes. That's true. Here's my Moulin Rouge CD. Oh yeah, you love the Moulin Rouge <laughs> I hate it. Come on, guys. <laughs> Get over it. You weren't even born when that movie came out. Why are you skating mm. to it? Well, I guess many skaters are very young and yeah. uh, not that experienced. They haven't uh, developed a, a unique taste in music yet, I guess. Maybe, but I mean, during that, that was those years where most people were most into music in a way. Like during the teen years when you're experiencing a lot of new music and you sort of use it as a way of expressing your own identity and mm -hmm. belonging. I just think it's so weird. Like, what are they listening to? I mean, they're not skating 24 hours a day. Where is all this like fresh, young, cool music that I've never heard of. Where is that when you're playing your Moulin Rouge soundtrack? I just, mm. I think it's so odd that there isn't more, I mean, maybe not everyone is like that, but I mean, I think a lot of people have music as a really big interest during those teen years because it's easily accessible, especially nowadays, Spotify mm -hmm. or whatever. You can really explore and find what is uniquely what you like and obviously it's something that is so easy to find an identity with music because you find other people who like it too maybe that music is connected to you know a clothing style or something it's really an easy way to express one's identity and I think that's why music has always been such a big part of teenagers lives for a very long time so just, that's why I think it's so weird that so many of these young skaters seems like they don't have their own taste in music or at least they're not Maybe they're not allowed or encouraged to use it on the ice, but I don't see why. Hmm. It would be cool to have more of their own expression in that way as well. Yes, but at the same time, I've seen a lot of predictable music choices that I liked. Like, like what? Like uh, the Charlie Chaplin, uh, Keegan, or uh, yeah. your favorite... Uh, Hobby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true, it works sometimes. Mm. But you have to have the personality like to get something like that working or it falls flat. Yes. Well and those those are two very different skaters, Keegan and Javi. Yeah. Could you uh, maybe give us what what are the differences? Well, I don't know, I mean I think it's easier to say I, I mean well the differences between them. Mm -hmm. uh, well, Javi was much stronger technically yeah. and much more uh, even. Not, I mean, everyone has their ups and downs, but uh, he was uh, obviously way more accomplished, I think, both technically and in terms of his mental. Um, I mean, he just sort of had it together. He had those sort of, um, you know, the nerves didn't take over. He wasn't too nervous when it came time for competing, that kind of thing. 
but I think both of them, why it worked to have like a character piece like that with like a here's Charlie Chaplin number, it's a little bit funny, but you know, like a little cute and charming. You have to be that kind of person who wants to be out there on the ice and you want the audience to look at you. Um, so I think that's why, you know, sometimes someone choosing something like that isn't obvious, it's more like cringeworthy if they're not like good enough to carry it. It's a bit of a gamble if you don't know that you have the the chops to pull it off. Like, mm -hmm. Because maybe one day you think, oh, it would be fun to be out there performing with all my charm and stuff. But then if you're not truly good, you're going to have a bad day. And it might there might be a competition where you really don't feel like going out there. And I don't know, you can see it sometimes with some skaters that they can't fully carry the idea of the program. But if it's the music or... Um, the character they've chosen or something and that's just painful to watch so mm. but I mean that's kind of part of the charm as well with watching skating that there's so much like mental problems not problems but mental like challenges you know, going on in the psychological aspect of competing and preparing and everything why it's sometimes one skater is great and the next week they might do terribly because of whatever is going on it's just a lot of interesting factors in that way as well. Hmm. Who are your, your, your favorite skaters now? Um, I guess for me it's uh, the pairs Sui and Han, a Chinese pair. Mm -hmm. um, I think they're my favorites of, of any skaters, any discipline of any time. I just think that the way that they interpret music and choreography is phenomenal and moves me in a way that really nothing else does really. I, I also have, a few years ago I did sort of ugly cry watching uh, ice dancing, even though that's not my favorite discipline, but um, watching uh, Papadaki Ciceron, the French, Yeah, you've seen them a little bit. Mm -hmm. I do remember ugly crying to them around 2015 or 16 when they did like, this amazingly beautiful sort of modern dance artistic program. Um, and among the single skaters, I don't know, there's so many that I like. For me, it's, I think we both have a thing where we're not just sort of rooting for one skater. We're happy to see uh, anyone oh, and everyone do well. Oh, we're rooting for everyone. Yeah, yes. we are. <laughs> and and uh, so is the audience. That's true. The audience is amazing. I love the audience. Old ladies knitting. knitting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. All these different flags. Yeah. They that bring the, so they bring beautiful. flags for everyone. Yeah, an appreciative applause when someone's struggling. They're really trying to lift all the skaters. That's true, and that's kind of unique to skating. You think? Yes, it's because you've been watching soccer. Yes, <laughs> or football as we call it in yeah, Europe. Football, yeah. That's true. Mm. Yeah, a lot of sports you don't you don't get that. No. I think in most sports, I'd even safely say you don't get that where the audience might love one skater and they might travel uh, across the world to see him usually uh, or her but or them but um but yeah like you say they bring flags and they cheer also a lot of uh, the audience knows a lot about the sport so they might yeah. see that it's not just about doing quads or whatever they see when someone is doing something that might be difficult like switching their legs on a pirouette or they can do something that you know only a, a trained eye would really notice that it's special and um, mm. and they appreciate that which is uh, also beautiful yeah but i guess that's going to be really different 
we're not sure yet what's gonna happen audience-wise no. for this season, but uh, yeah, eventually. Yeah, that will be interesting to see what what's what happens. Yeah, what if there's no audience? What mm. do you think of that? I would uh, be very interested in what happens to Yusur Hanyu's skating. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to imagine him without an audience. Yeah, without that energy yes. charge in the whole arena. But um, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I guess some skaters will handle it well. Maybe it's an advantage for some and not for others. But I think mm -hmm. overall, I mean, of course, the experience will never be the same. Like when you get that kind of a cheer or sometimes people will start applauding before the program. So sometimes like rising, standing up before the program is even over. Like, yeah. um, I think I showed you Jason Brown's uh, when he did his river dance oh, yeah. and everyone is like standing up before it's I even over. I love Jason Brown. <laughs> yeah, we're curious about him too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, speaking of, of uh, ugly crying, Kevin Amos is uh, one of your favorite skaters. That's true. I almost managed to get you to like him a little bit. Yeah, I, I, do, I do. You do? Yes. Okay, I don't think you did first. Well, it's... No, I didn't, maybe. But uh, it's <laughs> it's uh, nerve-wracking, heartbreaking to, to see him. It is, yeah. Regardless. Regardless. Uh, his performance, because, because he, he and his coach always... Cries at the <laughs> <It's> end. <true. laughs> yeah, and it was really horrible. His last yeah, uh, last was performance was so, so. Oh. Yeah, we really. He's clearly like a highly sensitive person, mm. I'd say. And so and are we. So are we. That's true. But yeah, um, we like seeing emotion. Mm. But yeah, it was terrible that time. But um, it's good to see someone that invested and sort of that open to expressing their emotions as well. Mm -hmm. But I guess it can be a little difficult when it comes to competing, staying on an even keel and keeping it cool. Yeah. But we'll, hopefully he'll do better next season, or this season, maybe we should call it. Yeah, go Kevin. Go Kevin! Ali ali! Thanks for listening to this first episode of On Figure Skating. You can find us on Instagram, On Figure Skating, and please let us know if there's uh, anything you'd like us to talk about in particular or anything you want to contribute. We truly appreciate it.